Greetings, everyone, and welcome to episode 42 of Teaching Tales, the podcast totally devoted to sharing stories from the world of education, whether you are a teacher, administrator, support staff. This is the podcast where we have a different guest on every week sharing stories that will hopefully encourage, inspire, and make you uh, better as an educator. I am Brent Coley, your host, a former fourth and fifth grade teacher, currently the principal of Alta Murrieta Elementary School in beautiful Southern California. And my guest today, really excited, Sean Wisely. How you doing, Sean? What's up, Brent? I'm all right. Yeah, fantastic. We have been trying to connect for a while. In a while. And I know that you have listened. So first of all, thank you. So now I know it's mom, dad, and Sean. I do have to say, every time you sign off and thank your mom and dad, I'm like, and me. Okay, and Sean. I got to remember that. And Sean. So, and I know that I have said, Sean, open invite as a guest. Come on in. And, you, and you've been thinking, okay, I'm going to think of what I want to share, what kind of stories. And the other day, you tweeted and said, I think I got it finally figured out. I'm reading your tweet here. The ebb and flow of loving and hating. But you know what? Stop. We didn't introduce who Sean is. Sean, who are you? Who is Sean Wisely? Well, hey, I'm, uh, I'm Sean Wisely. I am a uh, middle school vice principal in Selma, California, which is just a little south of Fresno, California. And I'm a former high school Spanish teacher from down in San Diego and uh, couldn't swing the finances in San Diego. So moved up to Fresno and got a job out here and loving it. So uh, a lot of good stuff in the Central Valley. Awesome. Awesome. Where in San Diego did you teach? So I was at West Hills High School. So uh, home of Dave Burgess of uh, Teach Like a Pirate and uh, a lot of other great colleagues. Man, that place was a hotbed for a while. Oh, that's awesome. I am from San Diego as well. So yes. All right. Well, okay. Now we can get back to it. You got it. You tweeted. So we we know now who Sean is. You tweeted, I think I got to figure it out of what to share on Teaching Tales. You said, the ebb and flow of loving and hating my own teaching career now that I'm an administrator. Mm. And as another administrator, I was completely intrigued by that. All right. Loving and hating my own teaching career now that I'm administ- an administrator. So, Sean, what is that? What does that mean? Tell, tell uh, me some stories. Well, uh, I hope that Corey Orlando is is listening. I know that you had her as a guest and, and her friends, but uh, I think it was Corey's post uh, a couple of days prior to my own. Uh, she had a, a paper sack, I think, the, maybe the vomit bag from the airline. Do you remember this tweet? I do remember that, yep. She had a paper sack, and on it she was writing all of the uh, – former teaching practices that she used to engage in that uh, she would now, that she's now mortified to have done, right? And maybe mortified is the wrong word, but you get the idea. And and she started a hashtag and she's all excited that it's catching some traction. And I am too, because I love it. Uh, And that is uh, no better, do better, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, so she got me thinking about it, you know, uh, and, Boy, just being an administrator and, and, and seeing teachers on my own campus and, uh, and being engaged on Twitter and being out and learning and growing. And, oh, man, there's so much out there on Twitter, especially, that I see now that I, a lot of days I wish I was still a teacher. 
You know, mm-hmm. it's like, oh man, I would be doing things so differently now. If only I had known when I was teaching that, uh, you know, that this is the way to do it. Oh man, I wish, I wish I had a chance to put this into practice in the classroom. And so there are ways that I can still engage people and, and, and work with my staff and, and, and online and, and in the world at large, trying to promote these ideas as well, but I don't get to do it in my own classroom anymore, you know? And so um, it brings to mind things that I did so bad, but also things that I did really well. And that I, you know, I wish I was still doing it with, with T-Lap, you know, teach like a pirate just caught like fire. You know, I feel like if I was still teaching, I'd be killing that. You know, I'd be one of the teachers utilizing that and, and getting all my colleagues on board and trying to do all that stuff. Right. And now as an administrator, you know, I can, I can still nudge and help and, and provide access to and, and buy the TLAP book for people and, and stuff like that. But it's just a different energy about being the teacher that's, that's doing that sort of stuff, you know? Yeah. So anyway, so I'll tell you one of the things that I have changed my mind on, right. What is projects. We just had a California Ed chat last night about this project-based learning, right? And my projects back in the day, oh my gosh, they were so horrible, you know? And I thought I was making cutesy projects and, and the, the students could be having fun and I was, you know, on topic and all this stuff. But you know what? I was a high school Spanish teacher, right? And so I'd make a project where they had to do a, a restaurant scene, you know? And... So they had to think of the vocabulary and the grammar that we had been learning and how to apply that in a, in a restaurant scene. And they'd have to write a, a little mini play basically at the restaurant. And I'm, this is totally standard, right? There are thousands and thousands of high school language teachers doing this right now still, right? And it's just so bad because basically at, at least the way I ran it, you know, I, I was making rubrics so that they would be easy to grade, right? That these projects would be simple. And, and by the time they were done presenting, I could have a score for them ready to go. You know, I didn't care how actually good the project was. I just knew that I needed to have a score ready to go because I was so busy, you know, and they all ended up the same. It was the same project, the same presentation. You know, I, I had 180 students, right? So if it was a group project, I ended up with 60 really similar projects. And it just <laughs> disappointed me every time. And now that I've had more time to reflect on it, like, of course, I was setting them up that way, right? I was giving it to them, cookie cutter, ready to go. Here's what you need to do. Make sure you include these components. You know, I wasn't doing project-based learning at all. I wasn't even asking them to think about you know, what problems they might want to solve or what scenarios they might imagine themselves in where they need to figure out how to communicate, you know, like there's so much richness and, and power in what they might want to learn. And I, I never cared, you know, <laughs> and that's, that's too bad. I stuck to that book, you know, we had to do chapters one through eight as a first year Spanish team. And by golly, we were going to plan that out to the day. And I thought we were rocking it. We were great PLC. We had common calendar. We had common assessments. We had common projects, common rubrics. And so I thought we were killing it. And in fact, we were killing like the joy of learning. I think, you know, that's taking it too far. That's hyperbole, but oh my gosh. 
stuff like that. You know, I think, oh, if I could redo that or, uh, you know, if I was entering the classroom tomorrow, boy, it would be different. And, yeah. uh, so my hope is that I can be a part of, you know, teachers on my campus and teachers in the Central Valley and teachers that I engage with online and in, in just thinking about and, and uh, their own practice and how they can improve it and stuff, not from a place of shame. So it does, you feel a little bit of the shame there, but, you know, but a place of how, how do we get these kids um, engaged and, and empowered and excited about learning? Well, my projects probably weren't the way, you know? No, I, as you're talking about that, I'm, I'm, I was visualizing some of the projects when I taught fifth grade. I think it was like my fifth year in teaching. Some of the projects that we did for open house were there was one purpose for those projects and and that was to look good on the walls yeah. of open house i mean yeah. anyone listening out there not in your heads right now have, have you done i mean and i i look back at some of those projects that we did and it's like oh my gosh this is this is horrible this is like educational malpractice of what <laughs> what I was having our students do yeah, because I didn't know any better. And well, I, you know, you know what perpetuates that is all the parents coming in and ooing and aahing and thinking yeah. that it looks so great. You know, yeah. you get yeah. that validated, even though you know that it's just kind of worthless stuff just to look good. You're right. And then I would think too, like sometimes you would have those projects that, because I taught element, I taught fourth and fifth grade. Uh -huh. So most of the projects that came home required a lot of parent help. Mm -hmm. so then you now display those <laughs> on their desks at school. Right. And the parents are coming in saying, yeah, I've seen this. <laughs> they're more interested in seeing everybody else's kids work because they've already seen their own. How good the engineer dad's project was. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, gosh, I was... I remember when I was getting my admin credential, I took a, an instructional leadership class. Mm -hmm. Candace Singh. Okay. Uh, oh, yeah. She, she spoke at Q at uh, LEAD 3.0 last year, right? Three, exactly. She was the professor. She was okay. the instructor for that class. So, so oh. if you're listening, you're going to get a shout out here for a second because it's an instructional leadership class. At that point, I think I'd been teaching – Oh, 11, 12 years, somewhere, somewhere in that range, kind of like you had said, considered myself a, a fairly decent teacher. And I remember sitting in that class, the first night of class, sitting in there, taking it with a couple colleagues from my school. We were doing the program together. And after about an hour and a half, we had a break. So I had only been in that class for an hour and a half. And then we had like a 20 minute break. And I remember going outside and telling my friends, my colleagues I was taking the class with, I, rem I vividly remember looking at them and saying, I stink <laughs> as a teacher. Right? An hour and a half, <laughs> Candace had already brought so many things out that yeah. could be done, that could be tweaked. Yeah. It reminds me now of rigor and rigor relevance and engagement with International Center for Leadership and Education, Weston Kieschnick's and Eric Scheninger's uh, organization that they work for. How so? If you just tweak little things, you can bring that depth of knowledge activity 
to the next level. You can make it so much more rigorous. But in an hour and a half, yeah. <laughs> those were my words. I stink. Like, <laughs> I, I, I should lose my job right now because she, I, I, sh I could be so much better. Yeah. But I think that's the purpose of what you're saying is it's all about reflection. I mean, because you had talked about two homework. You were reflecting yeah. on, I mean, yeah. did you want to share like a homework story or something like that? Because I'm going to join right in with you. For on sure. So uh, I was so progressive in my own head, you know, because I, I did homework right. So I thought, you know, so I was again, a high school Spanish teacher, right? And beginning Spanish, Spanish one. I always took one for the team. Nobody else wanted to teach the freshmen, but uh, I, I loved it. I think I had their uh, sense of humor. So anyway, I taught these freshmen high school Spanish. And so I'd give them 15 to 20 minutes of homework every night. I didn't want to overdo it, you know, 15 to 20 minutes of homework every night. And then on Fridays, my gift to them because of my bleeding heart was that there would be no homework on the weekends because that was time for family. Right. And, and so I thought I was so good, you know, but here's what I did then. So that homework then was all consuming, right? Cause it was a 15 to 20 minute homework assignment. Everybody had the same cookie cutter, probably worksheet junk thing, right? practicing the grammar or, or practicing the vocabulary that we had just learned. And uh, everybody's doing the same very basic work, but I had to check it every day, you know, because I thought, well, if you assign it, you must collect it. And if you must, if you have to collect it, then it has to be worth points and you have to validate all that work. Right. And so then we'd spend 10 to 15 minutes every class period going over the homework, going over the answers, you know, and I had a seating chart with 10 squares on it to, to log the points each day for the kids that did their work. And if they didn't have their work, I had certain marks. And if they were late or tardy or chewing gum or didn't have a pencil or whatever, I marked it all on this chart. And it took me 20 minutes to get around the room every day, you know, and check everybody's homework. And I think, man, how much time did I lose of opportunity for actual learning instead of just going over the worksheets, over the answers to the homework, that there are a lot of quicker ways to do that. And, and even, you know, half the stuff I did wasn't relevant in the first place, you know, so not just quicker ways to go over it, but do I really need to assign that kind of junk anyway? You know, I just think, man, it would be so different if I could do it over, you know, uh, no better, do better, right? There's that hashtag again. Yeah. Uh, there are other things, so I, but I said in that tweet, right? Oh, sorry, what do you, what do you got to say about homework? Don't no, no, about that. continue. Well, the tweet, right? Because I, I talked about the ebb and flow, right? The ebb and flow of hating my career as a teacher sometimes, but also just loving it to death. Man, I have such fond memories. I love teaching to death. I love the relationship I was able to have with kids. And yes, I still, as a site leader, I still build relationship with kids. Absolutely. And it's great, but it's not as deep as it was when I had them for an hour every day as a high school teacher, you know, I had more time with them and uh, I loved that part of my job, you know, and building those relationships and knowing what was really going on with kids and, um, you know, being empathetic because I knew backstories, because I asked about backstories. Mm -hmm. you know, at the beginning of the year, I always ask students to tell me about their lives, to so tell me about themselves. 
you know, and I did it in non-threatening ways, but in ways that students who wanted to go deep could. I did this paper bag activity forever where, you know, it was things on the outside of the bag represented what everybody knew about you. And then things that were inside the bag were things that you didn't talk about much, but were willing to, in that moment, reveal to the class, you know? And uh, man, I had some awesome stuff shared that way. And, um, you know, I did, I did good stuff about self-assessment, you know, every chapter, even though I was textbook bound, which is horrible, right? Each chapter had learning objectives. And so I would set up a self-assessment chart and if I was doing it now, I'd call that standards-based grading, right? And, I, you know, mm -hmm. here are the standards that you need to meet. And uh, and how are you doing at approaching those standards, right? And, and I had a five-star system, and they would self-assess before I gave a test. And then after I gave the test, they'd reassess based on what they said they thought they knew versus what they showed that they knew. And, um you know, uh, who was it? Uh, Mark Reardon is the guy's name. And he's not on Twitter. And I want to shout out to Mark Reardon all the time. He was a he was an instructor in something called quantum teaching or quantum learning. Mm -hmm. You remember that from back in the day at all? I have a friend who, who uh, did a lot of research for that. Okay. So quantum learning or quantum teaching, loved it to death, right? Well, this Mark Reardon guy, the, the, the one tenant that just stuck in my head that he taught me was, Data means most to those who collect it. Hmm. Data means most to those who collect it. And data not being, you know, this big data point that you learn from the state, but just information about learning, right? Like, who does it mean most to? The person who's collecting it. So if I, as the classroom teacher, am the only one ever grading and ever assessing a student's work, right, it matters to me. But it doesn't matter to the kid. They just want to know that final score, that, that grade, that's it, you know? But if I have the kid self-assessing and trying to figure out, do I meet these criteria? Can I do this? If I've met all these standards, what are ways that I can do in self-enrichment, right? All these things that, uh, you know, I I have to say, like, I, I did them. And I'm really proud about those things, too. You know, so I hated parts of what I did, but I, I'm really intrigued by the fact that you know, with all this stuff on our plates, right? All these teachers that I love to death, right? I have such empathy for them. You know, there's we ask so much of teachers, don't we? Like as a society, as uh, districts, as school sites, right? we're asking crazy amounts from our teachers. And the fact that they are still breathing at the end of a week, you know, is a, is a minor miracle, you know? And so I have such empathy for all these teachers who might self-reflect and discover that they aren't doing everything the way they, they would want it to be, you know, like I get it. It's hard. It is really, really hard. But, um, you know, as Adam welcome and Todd Nisloni would say, right. Kids deserve it. Deserve and, it. And we, we got to put everything that we can into it, but we got to give ourselves some, self-love too you know like we when we didn't know better we didn't do any better but now we can you know and i i try to help teachers to self-reflect like you said you know um not because i want to make them better no because i want better stuff for the kids yeah know? and uh well i think that's it, it's all reflection yeah and as you're as you're saying this it's never too late that's kind of like Going back to 
me in that instructional leadership class. I mean, an hour and a half, it's like, oh my gosh. But the very next day, I went and implemented some of the, one of the things that, that she had talked about, and it dramatically had a positive impact in my classroom. And going back to the homework thing, I mean, you're not alone, man, <laughs> in terms of giving assignments that weren't um, purposeful, mm -hmm. that were fillers. Mm -hmm. And why did I do that? Why did you do that? Because that's probably what we were taught to do. It's what we did as students. So it's what we did with our students. Um, I remember sometimes spelling homework, I'm going to use as the example. And when sometimes students were, gosh, it, I cringe even thinking about this, but sometimes when kids would, they would be absent and the parent would come to me and say, well, what do they miss? What do they need to make up? And I remember one time specifically saying, well, here's the math and you need to do that. And here's, here's this, and you need to do that. And the spelling, you know, don't, don't worry about the spelling. And then you need to go <laughs> think about that now. Yep. What, what was I communicating? You just admitted it <laughs> to the parent that don't worry about the spelling because, well, if it's not important now, oh. what's, how important was it? then i mean like what if the kiddo was there did he did he have to do it then and i just think like right now as a as a site administrator i've i've been leading our staff in reflection on the whole homework practice reading alfie Cohn's work and and studying the research especially at the elementary level that says there is no benefit <laughs> positive benefit of homework at the elementary grades and the questions that I'm asking my staff, my teachers to ask themselves two questions. Number one, why are you giving what you're giving? Mm -hmm. Meaning like, what's the purpose of that assignment? If, if it's a spelling word search, <laughs> why, why are you doing that? Are you getting good justifications from them on that, by the way? No, no. I'm, I, <laughs> and I'm using my, 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 my own example, unfortunately, okay. why are you giving what you're giving? And number two, what are you doing with it once you get it back? Yeah. What kind of feedback are you giving the kids? Because practice makes perfect? No, practice makes permanent. And if the kids are doing something and they're not getting feedback and they're doing it wrong, they're going to get really good at doing it wrong. So those are the two questions that I ask my teachers. And I'm very transparent with them saying, ladies and gentlemen in the room, I do not stand before you as somebody saying, well, I did everything right because oh, yeah, I, I didn't. Nope. And, and why? Because I never had somebody stand up and make, and ask me Thank to you. ask myself those yep. questions. Yep. Brent, why are you giving that assignment? Yeah. And if I, and if the answer to that question is because it's what I've always done, not good enough. That, yeah. that's, that's not a good enough answer. I mean, one of my favorite analogies and, and this it's just all coming what you're what you're talking about in this in this session it's the headlight example that it's one of my favorite analogies if when you are in your car and you one of your headlights is out if you are in your car driving at night you do not know your headlight is out mm. Because the second one typically overpowered, it, it helps illuminate the path, not as much as it would if both of them were functioning. But if you're in your car and your headlight is out, you don't know it's out. Mm. Somebody from outside the car yeah. has to tell you, hey, Brent, did you know your left head, headlight is out? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. 
and what you're it's like what you're telling us here the stories that you're sharing it's like we need to step out of the car yeah and and even if we step out of the car 15 years into our career <laughs> and somebody says hey brent did you realize that what you're doing there isn't purposeful or or ask yourself the question is it purposeful yeah. it, it's never too late i mean wouldn't you it, it's like like right now how many so how many years did you teach john 17 years 17 years yep. and now and you're you've been an administrator for three and a half three and a half years so over 20 so over 20 years Woo. having these <laughs> and you're having these reflective conversations yeah. and we can choose to look at it like oh geez 20 years i i was doing it that for 20 years or hey i got it now yeah. i can't pass but moving forward how much influence can i have on those teachers that you serve that you support yeah. what kind of what kind of impact can i have on them and the students that they serve and that they support so let's do a little twitter plug here okay because as i'm as i as like live as i'm having this conversation with you the epiphany is hitting me that i'm three and a half years in on my admin career and if I were to reflect on that admin career so far, what are the things that I would do differently already? You know, like, and, and so here's what Twitter is for me and has been, well, really it's, it's connected me to people, right? But those people, then my PLN, as we call it in the Twitter world, right? My PLN, those are my people checking out my headlights. Mm-hmm. You know, like I'm able to see when, when Corey Orlando posts a blog post, I read that and I, oh, oh yeah. And reflect on my own practice. And when, when Adam Welcome writes a blog, when, when Todd Nesloni writes a blog, when, uh, <laughs> when the, the stable of Dave Burgess authors writes any one of their books, right? It just causes me to think, oh, what am I doing about my practice? T have you read lead like a pirate yet i'm halfway through it yes oh my gosh that yeah. book took me forever to read because i had to put it down every time and reflect on my own practice and think about what i would do differently if i were really working hard all right so um but that's but that's i i just think the fact you reading a book like that yeah is basically saying i want to make sure my headlights not out or right i got i gotta want to check that stuff you're I, right you gotta want to check it and again sometimes it may not be out it may be askew it may be slightly off and it isn't a, a, a complete overhaul that's necessary it might just be a small tweak yep. that that could make the light back on track to illuminate sure. that path sure so uh, it's good so yeah so i i need to reflect on my own practice even now you know it's not about my tweet the other day was about my career as a teacher and my my love and hate for that but like even now you know, know better do better well i, I want to know better the the quickest i can you yeah. know, like yeah. I don't want I don't want my staff right now to be suffering because uh, I didn't choose to be reflective about my practice. 
you know, and that's again hyperbole. You know, I, I know I'm not causing my staff to suffer right now, but to even have to, you know, what what mindless stuff am I making my staff do because it's the way it's always been done, or it's because that's how it's been handed down to me. You know, like right now, I can reflect about that and 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 change that as close to the uh, to the event as possible. You know, and change my practice uh, proactively instead of you know somebody telling me next year that my light was out all this year. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Anyway, so uh, why you got to make me think so? <laughs> you're the one making <laughs> fault, man you did you started it you started this podcast man. oh all right my bad my bad now but you know what for anybody listening teacher if you're a teacher if you're a first year teacher if you're a second year teacher if you're a 25th year teacher or if you're 20 year principal the motto at our school is pursuing excellence but i mean not pursuing perfection uh-huh. pursuing excellence which you will never attain perfection it's like your reach should always exceed your grasp and i just think that if we have the mindset that growth mindset which which is so often talked about in education if we're wanting to get better that's the i mean it has to start with that whether that whether that what whether that will take the form of reading lead like a pirate or teach like a pirate or innovators mindset or any of those other incredibly uh, books filled with incredible knowledge and encouragement. Maybe that's the first step. Maybe it's taking a class. Maybe it's Twitter plug getting on Twitter mm-hmm. and connecting with people. I mean, you and I are on the other halfway up the state. We're, we're a long way away, but we're learning from each other right now yeah. at in time. So, Good stuff, Sean. Good stuff. It's this better than I good. thought it was going to be. <laughs> I had Don't imposter s- syndrome going. This no, no, no. Don't sell yourself short, my friend. This was good for me. I'll tell you that. Don't don't sell yourself self short. Now, people are <laughs> definitely going to going to get something out of this. And speaking of learning from each other, okay. where can somebody if they want to connect with you? You've mentioned Twitter. What's your Twitter handle? How can they get in touch with you? So I'm at Mr. Wisely, but my ancestors couldn't spell. So Wisely looks like Wisley. So Mr. Wisely, you you do show notes for the show? I don't even check show notes. No, so I'll do an audio show note. So that's that's W-I-S-L-E-Y. So at Mr. Wisely. M-R-W-I-S-L-E. I appreciate that. Thanks. And that'll get me, that'll get you wherever to all my resources. I got other stuff uh, linked there. Not that I have a ton, but I do have a little blog going too, but you can find it all through Twitter. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Sean, totally appreciate the time. Totally appreciate the time. Looking forward to uh, learning more from you via the Twitterverse and hopefully in person at another conference coming up. You're not coming. You're not going to Q though. Correct. I unfortunately am not going to Q, but uh, for anybody going to lead 3.0, I will be there. It's, it's one of my favorite little conferences. And so uh, check that out if you're there and uh, yeah, if you're listening to this on your way to Q, listen, okay. Don't just do the technology stuff, do the heart stuff. There's so much good stuff at Q. Oh, amen to that. Yep. Don't be afraid to skip a session. And that goes not just for Q, for anything. 
the conversations in the hallways, the relationships built, the networking, not, not in terms of job advancement networking, but professional growth, sharing ideas, yeah. informal conversations are just as good, if not better uh, than the sessions. So, Hey, I just want to say one more thing. I would love to uh, say a special hello to your mom and dad. Oh, thank you. Look at that, mom and dad. You've got you got somebody joining you, mom, dad, and Sean Wisely. All right. And and I'm sure there's other people listening too. Pam Hernandez, Corey Orlando. Um well I'm not gonna list because that's probably, <laughs> probably not listening to this one anyway. So but if you are, thank you, Pam. Thank you, Corey, and everyone else listening, thank you so much. And if you are listening and you haven't yet subscribed, why not? Gotta go and gotta click that subscribe button, then you don't have to check it automatically delivered to your phone or your computer or your tablet. Typically on a Monday, right? Uh, typically on a Monday. That's right. Typically I'm on a Monday. dropping into my uh, podcast app. That's right. That's right. So, and if you like what you hear also, uh, I'd appreciate if you would leave a review in iTunes. Um, some fe- feedback is always appreciated. So once again, Sean, thanks for the time. I appreciate it for everyone listening. Thank you so much. And until next time, have a good one. <laughs>